Hi there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know direct from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. Today I'm joined with co-host Dan Phillips, and we have a very special guest just for you. It's my dear friend Tiffany Fonts from Kirkbray Country Club. She'll be talking about how to pick the perfect venue for you. So you got the ring, now what? It's time to pick where your celebration will be, which will also dictate your wedding day. So Tiffany and I have met about 14 years ago. I cannot believe it's been 14 years. We first met working weddings together, and we just became true friends. I've had the honor of photographing her beautiful wedding, her wedding shower, her children's photos, her children's newborn photos, the list goes on. Tiffany is a very loyal friend of mine and a loyal client. I'm happy to introduce you to her as she's a very knowledgeable industry leader, but also my true friend. For those who are lucky enough to work with Tiffany, you will see how she cares so much about her couples. She goes above and beyond for them. So with that said, this show, we will be unveiling the secrets and the tips of how to pick the right venue for you. She will go over menus, picking wedding dates, the pros and the cons of indoor and outdoor venues, along with what questions you should be asking venues when you are on tour and things to keep in mind when looking at the venue to make sure you are picking the correct one for you. Tiffany will also give some little tips, tricks that she's seen along the way that she loves and wants to share with you, some great ideas to help you plan your wedding. I hope you guys sit back and relax and listen to Dan and I's conversation with Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I uh, I produce, so uh, I don't usually talk, but um, I mean, since we're buds, I figured, you know, I can hop in on this one. So, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about who you serve? I work for Kirkbury Country Club in Lincoln, Rhode Island. It's a beautiful country club on the Blackstone Valley. It just completed a major million-dollar renovation, and the space looks really elegant and modern. A lot of people have a misconception with country clubs that you have to be a member to host a wedding and event there, but that's not true. Kirkbright actually has a separate event and wedding side of the venue where you can have your event, and the other side is dedicated just for the actual members. So Tiffany, can you go over a little bit about what you do for Kirkbride? Yeah, definitely. I am the Director of Weddings and Special Events at Kirkbride Country Club, and 
my job starts with taking the initial inquiries that come in for people interested in having weddings and events, taking them on tours of the venue, booking the actual event, and once somebody is booked, then helping them planning all of the details for their event. And for a wedding specifically, I'm on site the day of to make sure everything goes as planned. So Tiffany, uh, so how did you and Sarah meet? We first met working weddings 14 years ago, as Sarah mentioned, and we just instantly clicked and became very close friends. And I've always admired Sarah's photography style and knew that when it was time for my own personal wedding and shower that I absolutely had to have her photograph my special day. And when I had my babies, I knew that I couldn't trust anyone else to photograph my newborn um, just because she has a special personal touch the way she handles newborns and Oh, you're making me blush, Tiffany. Aww, and for your course. wedding, me too, right? I was yes, there. Yes, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Dan was yes. there. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was great to have you there on my wedding day. My husband told me he loved hanging out with you and having you there to photograph all the photos with him and the guys. I'm pretty fun to hang out with. Yeah, some people say that about you, Dan. I mean, honestly, I've been hanging out with Dan for 10 years, so clearly I think he's a good party. All right, so Tiffany, let's dive in a little bit here. Explain to us, you know, a little bit about your role in the wedding and event uh, coordinator for Kirkbray. What exactly is that? Sure. So a lot of venues handle it different. So I think Kirkbray is a little bit different than most venues where I work with the couple from beginning to end. So I start with the initial site tour when they come in. Then after they book, I help them with the entire planning process. And then I am on site the day of to make sure everything runs smooth for them. And I personally enjoy getting to know the couples and building a relationship with them. You know, it's interesting that you say that, that you personally enjoy that aspect because I think it is important. You know, Dan and I, obviously, we work at a ton of different venues. Not every venue has the sales coordinator, also the day of coordinator. So you're right when you say that. Um, you know, Kirkbury is a little unique. There are other venues out there that do it, but there's venues that don't do that. I mean, you're literally there from the beginning to the end. Yes, exactly. And it always runs smooth. Absolutely. Always. I can't even, I can't think of one time. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's it's funny that you say that, Dan, because I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. There's some venues that when we see their name on the sheet that that's where we're working, we're like, oh, that's perfect. And Kirkbury's yeah. one of them. I'm trying to think, maybe I'm fabricating this memory, but I remember like way, way back in the day when we started, I think the first time I shot out Kirkbury, you were like, oh, it's Kirkbury? And it's going to be great. Actually, it, I don't know. There must have been like some yeah, weird may, ESP going on. I right like here because at, no, no, I know it happened because yeah. literally as you were just saying that, uh, I, I was after you were done speaking, I was going to say, Dan, the first wedding years ago when mm-hmm. we first started, like what, 10, 11 years ago that we worked together was at Kirkbright. And mm-hmm. I know exactly the couple who it was. Um, it was Dina. You remember Dina? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was Dan and I's first wedding together at Kirkbray. And they're still clients of ours, Dan, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, but yes, it's funny that you brought that up. And I remember speaking to you because, mm-hmm. you know, we were just starting out working together. I'm like, don't even worry about Kirkbray. It, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's, it's just easy to work there. But with that said, though, Tiffany, 
Um, when we were preparing for the show, we were talking a little bit about what we wanted to speak about when we wanted to help our listeners. You mentioned something to me that really stuck out to me, and I kind of wanted to circle back on that. You said something like you 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 don't want your couples to come to you with a wedding date. Can you explain to me a little bit why that's important? Sure. Yeah, a lot of couples will think about before coming to a venue a specific date that they want to book and have their wedding day. However, venues book up a year or two years in advance. So when you're booking site tours of a venue, uh, you could fall in love with a venue and the date could already be booked. So I recommend that couples be a little bit flexible on their actual wedding date so that they could have the venue of their dreams and not be set on a specific date if that venue is already booked. I assume, especially now, I mean, Dan and I are seeing a lot of venues booked, and now they're going into weekday weddings are very popular. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, like, a vendor list. So, and what are they, and how does a couple get their hands on it, and why is it so important? Sure. So venues usually have a list of vendors that they recommend to couples that they work with. It's important because... A lot of venues like to work with vendors that are familiar with their facility and also recommend vendors who are familiar with each other just to make sure the day of the wedding everything runs smooth and there's no problems. And usually the venue coordinator has a list of that for each couple. I know uh, we use one uh, at Kirkbray, but there's a lot of vendors on that list. It's not limited to just specific ones because every couple is looking for something different. So I like to recommend vendors that are specific to each couple's budget and style. Yeah, I think that's really important too. I mean, it's important for couples to understand that, I mean, I mean, I guess not, not every venue is the same, but it, it, when you see a vendors list with a variety, that's a great thing because what it is, it means it's not like an elite. It's just... There's somebody, something. There's a vendor out there for everyone, exactly. but it's at least it's the people that you know work well in the space. I mean, I I get a lot of times when couples are talking to Dan and I and, and, and asking us and you know going to the first initial question. What I've been getting a lot lately, and maybe it's not so much a lot lately. Maybe I always get this, but now I'm just starting to notice it because it's the same answer that I've been saying for for a while now. They say, have you shot here? And it's, it's almost like, absolutely. Like, I don't know if there's ven- a venue, Dan, mm. that we've actually not shot at. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what, though? Being on the vendor list of different venues is great, but it's funny because you just talked about, Tiffany, the vendor list. Now, for me, sometimes when I have a venue I haven't shot at, I kind of like it because I'm like, oh, it's something different for me, <laughs> you know, but I think it is important when you do hire vendors and looking at a venue that you do kind of go off of their list or at least entertain it because then at least you know that everybody's worked together before on their day. That's a good point. So one of the really good things as a vendor in doing a gig at Kirkbray is you get fed and you get fed really good food. But um, Tiffany, so how do the couples uh, pick their menu? 
So every couple usually comes in having specific food that they love and want to have at their wedding. But I like to recommend to couples to keep in mind what the majority of their guests are going to like. Because even though the day is about them, you have to keep in mind what you're feeding everybody as a whole. For example, appetizers during cocktail hour, I recommend that you don't just choose one kind. You choose a variety of meat and seafood and vegetarian to please everyone. Uh, venue coordinators usually set up a food tasting with each couple, so they get to come in and try their food before you pick your actual menu. So that's a really good point then. So basically you're saying that for the listeners, when they're looking for to choose a venue, maybe they should ask the coordinator or the sales rep on site is how and what options they have on their menu and how they can choose it. Yes, definitely. It's important also to make sure that their chef can be flexible with accommodating food allergies. You, you personally may not have any, but a lot of your guests that are coming to the wedding may have specific dietary restrictions that you'll need to accommodate for your wedding day. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many allergies out now. So, and also, too, how about enough food? Yeah, definitely. You want to make sure you have enough food on your wedding menu so that people aren't leaving saying they're starving and want to get fast food on the way home. At Kirkbray, we serve large portions of our food and recommend to have enough food on your menu so people don't leave feeling like they're starving. That's a great takeaway. So pretty much when they're talking about their menu over a potential venue, also too, it's, you know, important to understand what's too much food and what's too little of food. I mean, I've seen a lot of weddings too where I just, I'm like, wow, more food, more food, more food. Like it's just an abundance of food, which is great. There's, I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's, you know, there's a happy medium. And Mm -hmm. so you just kind of help your couples through the process. I would assume, though, that food does affect price. Same thing with days and the seasons. So let's talk about price. There's a lot of things that affect price, as you mentioned. Menu is one of them. So a basic chicken dinner would be a lot less expensive than a surf and turf style dinner. A cash bar isn't going to cost a couple anything usually out of pocket, but an open bar is going to cost a lot more when you're paying for everybody else's drinks. And the day of the week and season also varies the pricing and packaging. There's usually discounts offered for off-season, off which is winter months, or weekdays. A lot of people have been considering Wednesdays and Thursdays for their wedding to get the best deal. Or some venues offer discounts for Fridays and Sundays versus Saturdays. Or you could consider doing an afternoon wedding on a Saturday or Sunday from an 11 to 4 time frame versus an evening wedding, and that's usually lower pricing as well. So it's not an odd question. In fact, it's a pretty common question for people to ask about how they can save or some money savers and some options for when looking at a venue. Yeah, definitely. Ask your venue if they offer discounts for specific days or seasons or time frame. Um, And keep in mind, Saturday night is the most popular night and second would become the Friday and Sunday. So those days and times are going to be the most expensive. 
when would you suggest a couple gets married who is really price conscious? Like, what is the best thing for their buck time of year, day? I'm just curious. An afternoon wedding will be the most savings for a couple, um, or the off-season winter months seem to be the most savings as well um, in the evening time frame, usually as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's probably the same thing in the photography industry. Not the day, not the time of day for us, um, but the time of year for us. They do have a little bit of savings in the winter, which, you know, you, you got married in the winter. Not for mm-hmm. nothing. I love winter weddings. Dan, don't you love photographing winter weddings? It's just something new, unique and different. Maybe it's because it's unique and different. Sure, but it, it's just the... You need to have like your timeline totally different. People think like, oh, it's going to be this total same in the winter. And it's like, OK, it gets darker way early. Well, True. photography wise True. is what I mean. But with Kirkbray, I mean, I feel like we've done weddings, off season weddings and that you have like the room and then you can put the divider up. You do the service in there and then you can go over to the other side and it's like the whole ballroom's totally different. I don't know. I feel like it's very versatile. Actually, Dan, that's a really good point. You can do things off season, but you have to just be a little bit smart about it. Maybe picking out a venue that is able to have different rooms to have a cocktail hour versus a reception when you're having a winter wedding is important. I know, Tiffany, where you got married, there was an upstairs and a downstairs. You know, So let's talk about that, Tiffany. Can you tell us a little bit about the pros and the cons of an indoor versus an outdoor venue? Yeah, definitely. If you're considering the winter months, you want to make sure that you have indoor space for everything, including ceremony, cocktail hour, reception, and location for your photos. So it's important to know that your venue has all of that available to you in the winter months, but not just the winter months, even any season, even the summer, because you need to plan for rain or any type of weather, even extreme heat, you want to make sure the venue that you're booking can have indoor backup plans, um, even if they have outdoor access to having cocktail hour or ceremony. If it rains that day, you want to make sure you could bring your ceremony inside or cocktail hour inside. And luckily at Kirkbray, we do have a large venue that has separate spaces where you could have an indoor ceremony and an indoor cocktail hour that can be in a different space than your reception. Some venues you have to, when you're brought inside you're stuck in the same room as your reception and everyone's seated at their table uh, watching your ceremony. Yeah absolutely so that's definitely something to be considered when you're looking at venues is the different spaces kind of like what Dan just said there's different mm-hmm. spaces and then also to the flipping of the room. Yes we talked about winter weddings but like you said rain you know, or, in, or or windy, even if it's just windy. Sometimes you just can't have your ceremony outside. So what exactly is the backup plan, I guess? So, Tiffany, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, I kind of want to talk about venues and photos. I appreciate you being here. And, hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. And don't forget you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. 
Well, welcome back, podcast friends. We're here with Tiffany and Dan, and we were talking about tips and tricks on finding the perfect venue for you. So right before the break, we talked a little bit about the pros and cons of an indoor and outdoor space. Kind of affects the photos, too. So let's talk about photos and your venue. Are there any good locations for indoor and outdoor photos, for photos for the ceremony? Things you have to think about. I mean, I know being a photographer, I definitely have my favorite venues that I photograph at because it's just for, you know photographically pleasing. So Tiffany, tell our listeners a little bit about things that they should think about in regards to photos and looking for the perfect venue for them. When searching for a venue, you want to make sure that the venue has locations on site for photos as well. Especially if your ceremony is on site, most couples choose to take their photos either before or after the ceremony, and you don't want to have to worry about traveling to other locations. At Kirkbray, we have a bridal garden with waterfalls that's a very nice location for your photos. Yeah, it's a really, really great spot. And I wonder if it was designed, I mean, like who designed it? I'm sure a, um, you know, a landscaper designed it, but it's so good for pictures that I wouldn't be surprised if like a photographer designed it. It's so crazy that it kind of has the perfect amount of shade and, you know, it's just really aesthetically pleasing. And I got to say one thing, I I wonder, like, I think Sarah would agree with me that certain venues, if you're going to, are just kind of like, you know, no shade whatsoever. It's can be a little tougher and a little hotter. And sometimes when there's a little shade like at Kirkbray, it's a little cooler and it's a little less oppressive for photos. Nobody's squinting. You know what I mean? Just something to think about. Yeah. Also, too, you know, if you're working with a photographer that happens to not have gone to a venue before, um, sometimes and I say sometimes, Sometimes it's a good idea for that photographer to go to the venue prior to scope out the scene. I know that I personally, Dan and I, don't go before prior. I mean, we've been, I've been doing this for 18 years. Dan's been doing this for 18 years. We've been shooting together for 10 years. Um, we know light and we, we know how to quickly move and manipulate it. But it doesn't mean that everybody does. So I really do recommend that... If you have a photographer that's photographing at a venue that they haven't been before, just go to his site tour. If Dan and I ever go somewhere that we have never been before, we'll we'll go prior. Like we'll, we'll arrive ten minutes early. I personally like to see it the day of. I like to see the light and how it affects. But that is a very good point, Dan, that you bring up. That when you are looking for a venue, obviously you want to look at it for aesthetics for your wedding day. I mean, that's the whole point. But it's also good to keep in the back of your mind kind of like photos. I mean, that's your takeaway for the day. So it's not a bad idea to see and ask the venue coordinator what locations most photographers go to and what they have. And also, too, I would think, Tiffany, a little bit of a contingency plan about what happens if it rains. Where can you go for your photos if it rains? Yes, definitely. You want to make sure that your venue has an indoor option for photos in case it's rain or freezing cold. So I know at Kirkbray, we have indoor space where people can have their photos taken in case there's bad weather. Or we also have outdoor patios that are covered so people can still get outdoor photos and have that effect. Um if it's bad weather out. 
And it's probably what nobody wants to think about, like, oh, what's the plan B? But it's it's good to have a plan B, you know, exactly. and understand what the plan B is. And honestly, if it like if you're not thinking about it and then it happens, I'm sure it's way more devastating. You're like, oh, crap, I didn't even think of this. But if you kind of have it in your brain, like it's going to be OK no matter what, you know. Right, right, right. I don't know. That's kind of the way I think, though. <laughs> I also think another thing, too, to consider is first looks. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about first looks later, but let's talk about it in relation to photos. Yeah, I highly recommend first look photos to couples because you can get all of your pictures done before the ceremony starts. And I'm, as you know, you do the actual photographing of the couples, but they can still have that special moment with the two of them. A lot of couples will say to me that they don't want to do their first look photo because they want that moment where their husband sees them for the first time. But you can still create that moment between the two of you before the ceremony itself and when you have first look photos you're not spending the entire cocktail hour doing your pictures at Kirkbray I'll see some couples spending their whole time at cocktail hour taking pictures and running over the cocktail hour time which delays the actual wedding reception which delays the food service and your guests are just sitting around waiting for you I also think, too, that's probably why you like your preferred vendor list, because there's probably certain vendors that understand that there's a timeline and and, and know to keep you on track. Because if your photographer takes forever, you just missed your entire cocktail hour. But also, too, you sort of like slowed up the back of the house, right? Yes, definitely. The kitchen has a specific timeline when they're planning to serve the food. And if that timeline goes over because people are taking longer with their photos, then that affects not just the whole timeline of the wedding of when you're going to do all of your formalities, but it affects the whole food service for the night as well. Do you get a lot of people that say, um, or a lot of couples that want to specifically go to cocktail hour like i feel like we we hear a lot of people that say like and they want to go to cocktail hour you know it's been a new trend now mm-hmm. that people want to join their cocktail hour. I feel like it's been more old-fashioned that people say that they want to be hidden for their cocktail hour and make a grand entrance for their introductions. But I remind couples that everybody's already seen you during your ceremony. Why do you <laughs> want to stay hidden for a whole hour that you're paying for? You're missing a whole hour to mingle with all of your guests that have come to see you. Yeah, I mean, also to kind of a two-part thought process on this. One, if you go to your cocktail hour, I can tell you that that's when Dan and I photograph your ballroom and all the details. And there's something, Tiffany, that you do that not every venue does. And so just listeners listen in on this one. Make sure that you um, communicate with your venue that it's very important that you get captured imagery if it is important but it should be because you paid all that money for that of what your room looks like before your guests come in so tiffany you've always been really good at making sure waters are poured ices and glasses butters are out and the last 10 minutes you 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 allow us to come in and really detail the room for the couple to preserve them so i think that's one reason why it's really important to go to cocktail hour the other one is like we talked about first look I, it's a domino effect. Um, by going and doing your first look, you can go to cocktail hour. Then by going to cocktail hour, you can sit down and eat your meal as, you know, your first, you know, 
union together, your first first meal as a married couple. Um, there's and then also too, just makes your wedding day go by a little bit slower, but because trust me, it's going to go by very fast. I do think you though you brought up a good point. There is. Um, a perception that people feel that it's going to be taken away from the first time that you're seen at that altar or down the aisle. I can tell you from experience, I'm right there up and close and personal. Dan's right there with us. I see two very special moments happening because no matter how long you spend with your fiance prior to your actual ceremony, it will never take away the point when they first look at you. Never. And being given away and the music's playing and your guests are there. Um, it's just, I don't know. There's something special about <laughs> that moment, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to that because I personally chose to have first look photos on my wedding day. And it made a huge difference to me. And it was still an extremely special moment between my husband and I having that first look. And it didn't take away from me walking down the aisle uh, for my actual ceremony. And I was able to join my cocktail hour, which was huge because I got to spend more time mingling and talking with my guests, which was less time I had to go table to table during the actual reception trying to talk to everybody. So by huge cocktail hour, you're talking about your huge extravagant cocktail hour because I think you had the most extravagant <laughs> cocktail hour I've ever seen. I, I Yes, absolutely. Not for nothing. I will never. So Tiffany got married on New Year's a few years back. And I will, I mean, so we earlier we talked about venue choices and making sure that there's two different rooms that, you know, in case, you know, either A, flipping in the room or, in, you know, weather, you know, in, in Tiffany's case, it was obviously had to do with the winter. We wanted to have a cocktail hour in one room and the reception in the other. Um, I don't think, Dan, we've seen yet. That was a pro wedding. That was a pro wedding. That was a pro wedding. I mean, (laughs) Tiffany had, like, and Tiffany's pictures are on our blog, too. So if you ever want to check out Tiffany's pictures and get some inspiration, she had, I guess, the gold room and you had the silver room. You know, it was two totally different decors. So, yes, Tiffany's cocktail hour was uh, significant. Being that Dan and I work at a lot of venues, what's interesting about Kirk Bray is that we see a lot of the same faces, can you tell listeners a little bit about the inside scoop on venue turnover? Um, I mean, yes, I want to talk a little bit about Kirk Bay, but just in general, what some are some questions that people can ask to make sure that there's not a huge amount of venue turnover that's happening? Because I think it really is important to make sure that you are getting married somewhere where there's not a ton of turnover, Yeah, it's true. A lot of venues do have high turnover. And to be honest, I think it it's because that this job is a lot of nights and weekends and time away from your own family and friends. And at Kirkbray, I've been fortunate enough to be there for the past 12 years. And the whole management team, a lot of them have been there for over 10 years as well. And we do not have a lot of turnover. Uh, we're more, more than just a team at Kirkbray. Everybody is like family. And we like to treat each of our our couples like their wedding is our own. 
So I think it's very important that couples ask their um, venue coordinator when they're on their tours about turnover and how long the coordinators have been there, how long the chef has been there, so that they can feel comfortable that they'll have the same person working with them throughout their planning process and not have three different people and also have the same chef the night of their wedding on the day that they tried their food. Oh, that's a really good point. Mm. Yeah. You know, because like you said, sometimes, I mean, how far in advance are sometimes the way, when you're doing tastings? I usually recommend couples do their wedding tasting anywhere between four to six months before their wedding day. Right. So if you're having a lot of turnover, that can affect the way that the food's tasting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also, too, I mean, we, Dan and I, we see the same wait staff, too. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Same, same Certain thing. ones I can tell, like, got a, like, a, not a raise, a, a promotion. Promotion. They're like, oh, you have a clipboard now. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's how you, that's how you, that's mm-hmm. how you probably keep your staff, is that they grow with you. You know, I mean, obviously, um, that's, that's the whole point. You always want to be able to advance in your career, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of people do at Kirkbray. They get to move up and and stay, yeah. right? So, all right. I know we are past the pandemic, okay? We're we're open. People are getting married. We're celebrating. But, you know, it is a top of a conversation. It's it's hey, it was it was a world pandemic. So I just want to know a little bit about like how did COVID affect you and what are you doing now? Being that we are open now, how did it how did it affect like leading up to today? Like what are some obstacles that you went through and what are some things that you kind of learned that now you're seeing like kind of trending that might might stick around because of COVID a little bit? Yeah, of course, COVID has definitely changed things and people are looking at their wedding day a little bit different now than they did before the pandemic. Uh, One of the biggest things is people don't want to be packed inside of a venue like Sardines anymore. People want a nice big open space where they can space people out if they wanted to and places that have a large dance floor so people don't have to be tight next to each other on the dance floor. You know, Tiffany, you said something that was interesting. Uh, I consider myself a pretty social person, right? And I don't have like social anxiety or space anxiety. But funny enough, Dan and I worked a wedding back in April. And I'm not going to name the venue, but we worked a wedding. And both him and I, we got a little feeling of like, I actually had for the first time in my life, a little social anxiety. And I, and I, I went home and I said to myself, that's really weird. Like, why did I feel that way? And I think it's exactly what you talked about. I mean, we just came out of a year of, oh, I hate that word, socially distancing, but I think it's changed us a little bit. I mean, even me, who's not like uh, social anxiety, I don't, what happened this particular wedding, we were all packed into a room that maybe a couple of years ago, I would never have thought twice about it, but it was just a little, I mean, I, hey, nothing big. It wasn't a huge issue at all. It was just something I like took mm, note. Remember little, that, Dan? A little claustrophobic. A little bit. I was just, it was just a little bit, you know? So you brought up a really good point, you know, maybe when you're looking at venue space, Taking consideration the space, I guess, right, and and maybe or or if you're or or the the guest count that you're putting in that space. 
Yeah, when you're searching for a venue, you want to know what the venue's capacity is, and you want to make sure that you're not inviting the actual max capacity anymore. Mm. You want to make sure whatever the capacity is, that you're under that capacity to be comfortable in that space and have extra space for your guests now. I think that's a good point. It's going to be uncomfortable at the max. Right. It's just it's just the world we're in right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then also, too, Tiffany, you talked about large dance floors. I don't know of a venue. There's a couple. There's mm-hmm. a couple. There's a, I would say there's about five out there that have the dance floor space that Kirkbury has. So, obviously, if dancing is very important to you and, you know, large weddings, who can – you don't feel claustrophobic, somewhere like Kirkbury – would be important to check out. I mean, you do have one of the largest dance floors. Like I said, there's about maybe about only about five venues that are set up like Kirk right? Very large, spatial, like, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's also the, like we were saying with plan Bs. So if your venue, if it rain, like if, let's say, hypothetically, your uh, ceremony was outside, but it rained and it had to be inside, that's, if you're in that same room, where do the people go? They got to go in like, Another room that's maybe smaller while they flip the room. They can't be, you know, you can't necessarily right. be in the room while they flip the room, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. all, it's all things just to think about. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, there's pros and cons and there's things that you're going to look over. But it's just stuff to think about. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that, Tiffany, when you until you brought it up that, um, you know, we're just in a little bit of a different world. Maybe it'll change next year. But just I think right now people are just not used to being all cramped. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an important thing to think about, especially for this year. Well, what's what's Kirk Bray's? So if the the ballroom's totally open, what's the max capacity of that room? Like the our ballroom? max capacity is four hundred, yeah. but we have a unique <laughs> setup at Kirk Bray where we have some divider walls that can be put up, so it could be one large ballroom mm. that can hold a large capacity. We can divide the ballroom in half where it can host smaller side size weddings, or mm-hmm. we can divide it into three quarters. So it's very versatile where we can accommodate weddings of all sizes. And I'm sure the goal is to close off the room for, you know, uh, so it doesn't look empty, but it's still like, there's always tons of room, which is super always. nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, so I got to ask, you've been in the industry for 14 years. And we have listeners who are just planning their wedding and they're excited. And I would love you to share some takeaway tips or pro tips or give us some cool, just something cool that you've seen. Um, I don't know. You know, just let's just dive in. Let's let's talk about some cool things you've seen. I've seen a lot of cool things over the past 14 years doing weddings, but some of the things that stand out to me is that you want to make your own, your wedding unique to yourself. So something like instead of having a flowers bouquet, you do a brooch bouquet where your entire bouquet is made up of brooches that are important to you. All on note to self, Tiffany, you had that. Yes, I and, did. And I loved it. But let me tell you something. You got to work out with those arms. Oh, yes, definitely. It's very heavy. So if you do consider a brooch bouquet, just keep in mind that it's very heavy to carry around. Do but, some extra reps at the gym. Absolutely. <laughs> or, or just have just have your <laughs> photographer hold it in between t- photos. No, I honestly, I'm glad you brought that up. I loved your bouquet. 
Um, so yes, if you're thinking about something cool, check out a brooch bouquet. Google it, you know, or or jump online on our blog and check out Tiffany's uh, wedding. You can see um, her her beautiful brooch bouquet. And what I liked about yours is you kept it all like. Um, white like crystals and it's just pretty mm-hmm, the pretty. same color tone yeah yeah another thing that i see is include a photo in a locket and either attach it to your bouquet or attach it to your dress uh, it's just a nice way to have them there with you on your wedding day we also too um Dan and I have photographed a couple's wedding last, no, was it last summer? It might have been, yeah, no, it was two years ago. Uh, They, she lost her son. The bride lost her son. So what she did, and she she never made any announcements, but she obviously told us because we we need to capture it. See, one of the things about being a photographer is we kind of get a front row seat. We learn a lot lot of the ins and outs of the meanings behind things. But she... Dragonflies was her thing. So she just put little decor pieces throughout. Nobody even knew they were there of just dragonflies. It was just cute. It was great. It was. It, it made her feel like her son was around her. And for me as a photographer, it was really special. And you ready for this one? You're going to die on this one. <laughs> what flew around? Real dragonflies. Like huge dragonflies were flying around at her wedding day. So I, I don't know something to wow. that. Yeah. it was. It, when I saw that... I looked at her because keep in mind she's not she didn't tell everybody why there was, I mean, people probably didn't even notice they were just sprinkled around, and I looked at her and we made eye contact and I just saw I saw it, she knew that was her son. Oh wow! Yeah. All right, sorry, it was a little emotional there. <laughs> so tell us another little tip. Well, something fun that you can consider is doing a choreographed dance with your husband or for your father-daughter dance or mother-son dance, and that can be a surprise to everyone. You don't have to let them know that's something you're planning in advance and start off with a slow song and then break out into a fast choreographed dance. Everyone usually loves that. It gets everyone's attention. Yeah, and I didn't know if, um, you know, Tiffany had a floating cake, and I didn't know if it was going to be uh, this new trend. So you might be a trendsetter with more people hearing about the floating cake uh, cool thing you can do. I'm sure it's not easy to do either. <laughs> yeah, it was something that I saw at a wedding at Kirkbray that you guys af- actually were there and photographed um, and knew that it was something I absolutely had to have for my own wedding day, and it something called a floating cake. Didn't 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 I photograph you and then you ended up in some kind of publication or something for that? Like I remember yes. taking a picture of you next to it pretending to do something. Yes, definitely you did. <laughs> you took a, a picture of me at Kirkbray uh-huh. um, for that, that wedding with the floating cake in the background. Yeah, actually, I don't think I've seen the floating cake since then. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just the couple that we all did at Kirkbray and then your wedding. So there's another trend. Yeah. Bring back the floating cakes. You know, if so, if you're looking for an idea, research floating cakes. It's 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 fun. It's different. Mm-hmm, it's sure. basically the cake looks like it's suspended in air for people who don't understand what floating cake yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, and also to kind of getting back to the dancing. Um, if you are going to do a surprise dance, please let your photographer and videographer know, just so they can be ready for. It. Or even if you're going to do like a dip, you know, at mm. the end or that dirty dancing lift off. Just just let let your um, your visuals your visual. Uh, Vendors know, so that way we can capture the best visual. 
Those are some great tips. I love it. There's so many cool things that you probably have seen. You know, speaking about a bouquet, side note, uh, I know because you're not, I just want to, you know, toot your horn a little bit. One of the things that I remember, Tiffany, um, was a bride dedicated her bouquet to you on her wedding day. Oh, yeah. It was really special that she did that. It meant a lot to me. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, I remember that. I mean, that's never happened in all the 18 years that I and I know you guys aren't friends. I mean, I mean, she's not like a like she was a client that became very friendly with you. But I'm saying it's not like you guys had a relationship outside of just her being your client. Right. Um, Which is even extra special. But I mean, there's out of all the 18 years that I've been working doing this, I have never seen someone do that for their for their venue coordinator. So that just shows you a lot about what you do and how close you get with your couples. But I, I remember that. I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, wow, that's that was beautiful. Yeah, it was very special and really meant a lot. All right. So not to totally change the subject, but let's talk a little bit about the importance of timelines and who does them. Yeah, timelines are very important for your wedding day. So you'll want to do a timeline definitely with your venue coordinator because they're the ones who are guiding you throughout the day on what should happen when. And as you know, a lot of photographers and videographers also like to have timelines. Some of them create their own, and it might be because venues don't create it and you have to do it because the venue doesn't, um, or some of them will do it alongside the venue. So I know I personally like to create a timeline for the entire night, starting with getting ready through arrival times to ceremony and when photos happen to when all of your cocktail hour and formalities happen and dinner service and then I'm there on site the day of to make sure the timeline is being followed and I share the timeline with the other vendors that I'm working with such as the photographer, videographer, DJ so everyone can be on the same page and make sure the night goes seamless. That's a little unique too because not every venue does that. I can tell you being a photographer I'm absolutely timelining people all because I start with them for the morning and I go all the way to the end of the night. A lot of the times the venues timeline from the start of when they're on site. So they're upon the arrival of the of the the couple, whether it be for their first look or their ceremony or bridal prep or groom prep. When it's happening on site, that's when their timeline starts. But what about the weddings that get married in a church or a temple or, or somewhere off-site? So a lot of times we do the timeline as a photographer. So I think that's very special and unique for what you do. So I think when you are looking for a venue, maybe ask the coordinator what type of timelines they do and how involved they get with them. Yeah, Um, definitely, because some venues may not do the timeline and you may have to rely on your photographer or videographer or DJ to help you create your own timeline. Um, And then some venues will be willing to help do the timeline for you. And I'm sure sometimes it probably seems like overkill, like, oh, I need to know exactly what I'm getting out of the car, blah, blah, blah. You know, but it's so important because like you can make different. I'm sure, you know, you understand it's like you can know something's behind and pivot I mean, at certain points, I'm sure, you know, there are times where me and Sarah is like, okay, now we have to split up and one has to do the the details of the room because we like very early in the day, we know we're a little late, you know? Right. And I'm sure with food, it's 
probably super important. You know, like, okay, we're a little bit late, so, like, we can plan the food or plan the something, you know, differently. Yeah, my biggest goal is to keep people on time, especially when we get to the venue, because that's when the execution of the kitchen goes. That's when the execution of the party goes. That's when there is a set time. I mean, that there the ceremony starts at a time. That's when guests are arriving. So anything that happens beforehand, getting ready, pictures, hair and makeup, like you said, Dan, I mean, I always like to build in some extra time. People always say, oh, it takes me 10 minutes to get from my church to this uh, to the reception. Well, really, you got to build in 20 minutes because you're not taking into consideration the five minutes of getting in the car, the five minutes getting out. So I really think it's important to work with a venue that does a timeline. At least for the portion of your reception. I think it's an extra bonus, Tiffany, if they do it for the day of, which is what you do. Yeah, it's really important to have that timeline for everyone involved. And I've dealt with weddings. Uh, the timeline is completely off for all different reasons. And it's good to have that timeline because you need to think on your feet and figure out how you're going to make up for time and not ruin the food service for the night. So, Tiffany, I'm sure you have stories of times where timelines didn't work and you had to think on your feet. You know, tell us a story. Oh, yes. There's been many times where I've had to deal with timelines not going as planned. Uh, One in particular, everybody was at the venue. Wedding was supposed to start at 530 ceremony. And we were waiting and waiting for the bride and bridesmaids to arrive. And finally, we got a phone call saying that their hair and makeup was running very behind and they were going to be at the venue an hour late. So all of their guests were already there waiting for the ceremony to happen. So we had to think on our feet. And instead of just making everybody wait, we had cocktail hour first for them so they could have a drink and hang out and mingle while we were waiting for their bride to arrive. And then once she arrived, we had the actual ceremony. And then we had an abbreviated cocktail hour and then right into reception to try to make up time for the night. And I'm sure that's what you really want as a, as a, you know, a couple, you want somebody who's, you know, making sure the day goes along, you know, like, I'm sure it would have, you know, uh, if like the, the, you know, one of the people, like one of the family members had to say, okay, let's uh, go to the bar or something. You know what I mean? That kind of stinks. You really want to hand off that responsibility to make sure everything goes well to somebody else, really, you know? Oh, yeah. You don't want everybody stressing, you know, you're like, you know, Tiffany's taking, I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you went over with them, you know, what you were going to do or whatever, but like, you know, oh, Tiffany's got us, you know, that's what you really want. You know, somebody taking care of stuff. I remember actually to a wedding that all three of us worked and happened to be at Kirkbray, um, where I'm not exaggerating. I mean, the intros were probably, I mean, what would you say, about an hour? Oh, yeah. An hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 I'm not, not even kidding. An hour, an hour and a half. And it was because... They had a different song, different dance. I mean, it was really special for them. Like, that was important to them, that they wanted to do that. And I'm not saying there was anything wrong or right with that. I'm just saying that was not on the timeline. No, and that's something that's very important to discuss with everyone, all your venue coordinator and other vendors ahead of time so that you can plan for that in advance. Some couples don't think about when you have a separate song for every couple walking in for introductions, that takes a lot of extra time and for the amount of time that you're playing each song so that if each couple is taking a minute or two walking in and you have a large wedding party 
party that's a lot longer than a standard five or ten minute introduction that you were originally planning for. And then the reason why it went into an hour, an hour and a half is the speeches, which obviously the couple can't control. But the point that I'm, I guess I'm bringing up is I'm not kidding. I remember looking at my watch and look at the sheet and being like, this was not planned. And then meanwhile, I'm sure that the kitchen is... I don't know. I oh, mean. yeah. They're, sometimes they're re- ready to come in and they're yelling and screaming, like, when are we going to serve food? And those are sometimes things that I can't control, especially how long someone's talking. So that's a good point that I like to bring up to couples about the toasts or speeches. To I recommend... Two to three minutes is a good amount of time. Maximum five minutes. Over five minutes is usually (laughs) too much talking. You lose people. And also you need to look at how many speeches you're going to have. you got to have the wrap-up music like the Oscars. (laughs) Right, right, right. First, it's important to ask who is going to help you throughout the entire planning process and also who is going to be there the night of your wedding to coordinate everything. Two, it's important to ask about the indoor and outdoor options, along with capacity limits and different floor plan layouts. And three, it's important to ask about all of the menu options that you have. So when you come in for your site tour, don't come in trying to plan your entire wedding that day. You're coming to pick your venue first, and then once you've solidified your venue and the date, then you can plan all of the details because a lot of the times you may change your mind from what you first thought before you go on your venue search. And the season is going to dictate colors and style. So I meet with a lot of couples who originally will think one thing and then throughout the planning process they change their mind on colors and details. So it's most important to just focus on your actual venue search and then after that you can plan all the details of your wedding. And it's important, like I said, to ask who's going to be there the night of. And it's nice if it's not the person that you're working with beginning to end like I do at Kirkbray, ask if you can meet that person before the day of so you're comfortable with them. Also, too, I would think about a little bit about the budget is important and, you know, what you want to spend when looking at your venue, too. Yeah, of course. You need to know what type of budget you have. Uh, for your wedding while you're venue searching because there are all different package options that you can choose from. And that probably changes your menu options too. Yeah, of course. There's all different menu options. A lot of people will come in and ask and say, can I have a quote for a wedding for 150 people? Well, there's no set quote for a wedding for 150 people because it varies on what package and what aspects you choose. So if you have the basic chicken dinner is different than if you have the surf and turf, if you have cash bar, that's different pricing. If you have open bar, if you choose all the decor extras, that's going to be a different package than just basic. So there are a lot of different things that will factor into an overall price that will affect the budget of your wedding. Well, Tiffany, you gave our listeners a lot to think about. It was fun, Dan, for you to join us. You know, you're always Mm -hmm. sitting on my left here to be the producer, (laughs) but I like having you on the mic. Uh, Every so often I'll pop in, I think. Fair enough, fair (laughs) enough. 
So thank you, Tiffany, so much for joining us on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Yes, on Instagram, my personal is Tiffany Delena, and my Facebook is Tiffany Marsoji Fonts. And for Kirkbray Country Club, you can view us on Instagram under Kirkbray and on Facebook under Kirkbray Country Club. And what I'll do for the listeners is we will have all of Tiffany's information and also the episode show notes. You can find it on our blog, on our website at sarazarella.com slash podcast. So thanks, Tiffany, for joining us. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.